0: People aren't going to relate to you at all. And they're going to, they're going to see you as inauthentic as you are because you're faking it and you're unwilling to be real. And people aren't going to trust you because you've got a blindly optimistic, probably part of the fruit of all that is a blindly optimistic view. Because if you aren't willing to have fears, then you're not willing to talk about concerns. Because fears are usually a representation, an emotional representation of concerns. How do you
1: experience and relate to your fear? Do you try to hide it? Do you work hard to pretend like you don't have it? Did you buy the whole fearless leader thing and put on a front when you're with your team? Do you feel lonely in your fears and concerns? Do you want a new and honest way of relating to your fears? Hello my friends my name is Chad and this is the Naked Leadership Podcast. High-stakes conversations for relentless company founders. In this conversation, I sit down with Adrian and Dan. We talk about what fearless leadership actually is and how it can be the most authentic and connected way of leading. Let's dive in. Gentlemen, how are you? It's so good to be with you today.
0: Great. Excited to be here.
2: I'm back on the reservation. I'm ready to go. <laughs> are you
1: with us, Dan? I am. The topic of today's conversation is fearless leadership leadership and uh, fearless is this idea that you hear a lot uh, or at least i mean it's it's used a lot and i think the typical understanding of fearless or at least what i think of when i hear fearless and have for most of my life is like living without fear like you're above uh, the experience of fear which is just not the human experience—at least, it's not my human experience—and um, I have a few friends who tell me that they—they're they're not above the—the—the the, uh, the experience of fear either. Um, but I think there's this idyllic idea that you can, you know, push away your fears, fight against your fears, overcome your fears. That's what you hear so much about—is overcoming your fears—and it all sounds really exhausting and somewhat futile because no matter how much I fight against my fears, yet either those ones persist or they keep, you know, new ones appear. What you resist persists. (laughs) Right on, right on. So fearless um, is an interesting idea. It's like when we talk about fearless, and this is, I'm excited because I think we're going to change, at least for those in our our realm of influence, we're going to change the idea of fearless um, and repurpose that word. Um, so let's, let's get into that in just a second. I do want to talk about just a second, the, the experience of fear. Um, and you know, as we, we're, we're talking to leaders and leaders often don't want their fears to be seen. They, they often want to hide them so that nobody thinks that they have them. And I wanted to talk about some of the unintended consequences or some of the prices leaders pay by this perpetual treadmill of trying to hide their fears. What is it that they miss out on when we're working to avoid or hide or evade the fears that we're experiencing?
0: I I would say as someone that's bought this T-shirt, you know, if you're if you're busy, um, trying to appear fearless, which is I think the only thing you can do. You can't like be fearless, um, but you can try to appear fearless. If you do, um, the best shot you got is that people are going to be in an inauthentic relationship with you, um, because they're gonna like, re- you know, they're gonna relate to you in Superman form, and and not have space for Clark Kent and you're both um and I would say you know and you're going to that's best case scenario worst case is you're going to be really tone deaf and people aren't going to relate to you at all and they're going to they're going to see you as inauthentic as you are because you're faking it and you're unwilling to be real and people aren't going to trust you Because you've got a blindly optimistic, probably, part of the fruit of all that is a blindly optimistic view. Because if you aren't willing to have fears, then you're not willing to talk about concerns. Because fears are usually a representation, an emotional representation of concerns. And, you know, navigating concerns well is a part of effective leadership. So if you're not, if you don't want to talk about fear, you won't actually get to core concerns. You'll seem like you're really disconnected from reality, which you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like people won't either they'll be less connected with you or they'll be inauthentically connected with you or spend a lot of time, you know, uh, bringing things to you in a very specific way. So you only get it like a hyper packaged view of what other people are going through. So you don't really get to know them as well. So you're going to be very disconnected. I would say like one, one of the major prices of of pursuing looking fearless is like you're going to be you're going to be very disconnected.
2: But, you know, it, it, you know like what is fear is a, it's whatever that feeling is or those feelings are that cause a person to want to protect themselves. That's usually how it shows up is hmm. I'm either defensive or punitive, you know, fight, flight, follow, fool, or freeze. There's some defense mechanism. I'm no longer do I, I want to get away from or protect myself from what I think is going to happen. And um, and so I think you know we're in the transformation business. So I always think about fear is an opportunity to be to transform fear into fierce, which you know if you think of when I think about fierce, I'm thinking about basically and um, a for, you know an intensity, a forceful intensity, or an intense eagerness to to actually have something turn out right. To, I want to give myself to it, and I, and I think yeah. particularly. When I played, when I was I boxed, I played football, you know. I, I did some things that were even in baseball. I remember the fear of the ball, and then turning that fear into a ferociousness, like a willingness to stand up to it and and uh, intensely like transform it into a focused action. And and I that really served me because I, when I was a young boy, I did well, and then went into the majors in Little League and got. First year, afraid of the ball, and the second year, I vowed I would. I was going after the ball. I didn't care if the ball was coming after me. That kind of thing. Right? <laughs> but it's it's like that shift. It's a it's a transformation in the way I'm relating to it. I, I once heard um, Victor Frankl said that you know he talked about the fine line between fear and excitement, right? Because you could be afraid of something, and then you, it can flip, and you get excited about facing it and doing something with it, about it.
1: Doesn't doesn't it happen? I I I don't know. I heard this. Doesn't the experience of fear and excitement happen in the same place of the brain? In the
2: brain, the same place. Yeah. Okay. And and you know if I you know as Adrian said, there's a concern for a future that's coming. I'm afraid it's not the future I want. It's a future that's going to harm me, or it's going to you know cause some discomfort or whatever. I'm either going to face it, and you know, and it's really interesting. One of the things I like to do with my clients is if they're afraid of something is to really sit down. I, I remember doing this and, you know, as a young man had this done with me and I've done it with my clients, it's really effective is if you look into the worst case scenario that you're afraid of, you'll find that there's courage that comes behind it. Like the more I'm familiar with what I'm afraid of, then the less, the more it's, it becomes You know, it's like false evidence appearing as real. I start to realize there's other perspectives that could actually utilize this or it could be resourceful for. So.
1: Dan, you're already going down that that path of which I, you know, the the progression of where I wanted to take this this conversation. I wanted to start talking about the I know for me. Talking personally. I think the biggest fear that I experience, um, on a regular basis is the fear of looking stupid or the fear of, or fear of other people's judgment, whatever that judgment might be. Uh, well, that's not true when they have good judgments for me or quote unquote positive judgments. I'm all for that. Um, (laughs) but what I would deem negative judgments, I think that's the thing that, um, impermeates my thinking and feeling the most when it comes to fear on a, on a regular basis. There's obviously other periodical fears that, that I experience here and there up against a big talk or, you know, physical danger or, you know, all of that sort of stuff. Um, and the, the thing about that is that, um, I fought against that fear for a really long time in my life and I still do. I'm not saying I'm perfect at where we're going in this conversation, but I fought against that fear for a long time and the way that I fought about it, fought against it was becoming very judgmental myself of others. <laughs> And and I think, you know, as we talk about avoiding our fears or pretending they're not there, we can do some really wild behavioral and relational things in order to do that. Adrian, I think that's what you're talking about. It's like it's going to result in disconnection. Mm. No question.
2: Yeah. There's Dis- just didn- no way avoiding disconnection, it. disharmony, chaos. Those are the same. right on. Yeah.
1: yeah. Murky. Then there's not clarity. Around what it is that well, you're about, what you're doing with well, other it, people, what you're committed to have it, happen.
2: Fear is a react. When I when I let when I engage the fear rather than transform it, when I rather than hug it and utilize it, when I resist it. If you think about it, I want to get away. I want to run away. I, I want to hide. I, yeah. I pull myself out of life. It, it's pretty, and and that. It's disappointing to others. It's disruptive to whatever you're. I'm up to uh, the team, etc. It had, you know, there's all these implications yeah. that, that I'm going to deal with afterwards.
1: Yeah. So, what's the utility of fear, Dan? You already started talking a bit about this. But what's it there for? I mean, obviously, we could t- we can talk evolutionarily. It's a warning. It's a it's a signal, right? Something's yeah. wrong. Something's off. You're in danger typically physical. Um, but we're not, I don't know, I, I sit in my air-conditioned uh, office most days and uh, I don't face a lot of physical danger. You know, I get sometimes Katie delivers some food to my door and it's really nice. Um, yet I still experience fear and, and there's utility there and that's what I want to I dig into that a little bit.
0: Well, um, if we're looking at, you know, the the purpose of it, um, I'm thinking of like something positive, um, like if, if, if I was looking at it from a meaningful lens is, you know, I'm really only fearful about something that matters. You know, like fear, you know, maybe, maybe we point out that the opposite of love is indifference the same. The opposite of fear might be indifference as well. I, I, I'm i not fearful of something that I don't care about. Hmm. And even like, you know, your own view of self, it might, you might, like you were referring to earlier, like when you get self-conscious, um, like, like that's something that's bad, you know, I don't know. My, I, my own view of myself really matters. I better have one that works. I mean, cause there's going to be fruit of that, like what I view of myself. And if I think I'm, if I, if I, if I am my own judgments of myself, then, you know, that's probably not going to work out for me or other people, you know, so um, whatever I'm afraid of, so I'm afraid of looking like a fool. That's partially, that's an indicator that I actually want to, I want my impact to be, Oh, he's wise. You know, and if that's like at stake, like that's an indicator, this matters to me, how I am with this person matters to me. It's anybody that says like, I don't care what other people think about me. They're, they're a psychopath,
2: <laughs> <Sociopath>. you know, <laughs> yeah, right, they're right. A
0: sociopath. You know, like, I don't care what people think about me. You better care about what people think about you. Like, it became such a badge of honor. It's like, I'm above other people's opinions. Well, it means, like, you don't give a shit about them. So I do care about what people think about me. So anyway, the whole, like, my fear comes up around, am I going to look like a fool? That's a good concern to have. Now, fear, concerns don't paralyze us. Fears do. So, you know, as I was saying earlier around, Mm -hmm. there's some good concerns there. That I ought to be concerned with, like if I'm coming off arrogant, I actually that is a concern of mine only because I'm, I've lost connection with the person um, that I want to influence or lead or care for or make a difference with. So I do want to be concerned about how I'm coming across um, if I'm, you know, fear historically is, you know, it generates for, uh, you know, it generates but also justifies a reactive response instead of a vision driven um, you know, I guess a, a reaction is what I mean to say, instead of a vision driven response to whatever's happening, which is, you know, where I have my own personal sense of power and self and commitment. Like that's the, I want to be in response to the world, um, not a reaction to the world.
2: Yeah. If one of the expressions of fear is complaint. Not always, but, but it's one of them. I mean you can complain and lament something but a lot of times people are complaining because they're afraid to ask for what you know I'm speaking of course confessing I'm afraid to ask for what I want because I'm if I ask for it somehow I'm not going to look right I'm going to be out of control I'm going to be vulnerable or but there's some thing I'm trying to avoid and I want to figure I'm trying to figure out how to get it without being vulnerable right it's a guarded way of being in a relationship and that's fear driven
1: do you have any examples of that, Dan? I mean, you may have already told it on the podcast or whatever, but I think this is really beautiful, a really great point. But it, do you have any examples from your life that, or from your work or somebody you know that um, is unwilling, I mean, is, is complaining about something consistently because they're unwilling to be vulnerable, they're afraid to be vulnerable to, to make a powerful ask?
2: Yeah, there's quite a few. I, but, I, you know, I think a lot of, of it, for instance, the, some of the kids I worked with in, the prison system, they wouldn't ask for what they wanted because asking for what you want reveals what you care about and they're afraid somebody's going to use that against them. So they create a false sense of who they are in case somebody doesn't like them. They blow that up. It doesn't get near what they love. And if Mm -hmm. you think about that, that's not far from what a lot of very conscientious, caring inventors, people who are creating – Want to do. They don't want to put their creation out there because somehow they've connected their identity to it. And somehow, if somebody knows what they care about, they could dishonor it, attack it, not buy it, talk poorly about it. Right. And so there's a, it's like that's the beginning of prison. That's what I talk to the kids in prison about. You think you're in prison here, you're in prison in your mind. And because, you've you get when you went in here you gave up living what you care about in order to protect yourself hmm. right and if this if the work we're going to do is any of any value got to come to terms with that and have the courage to stand for what you care about now so that when you leave you're prepared to go back in and integrate into the world because you have something bigger than just getting out of here driving you
0: or calling you yeah
2: right so that's an example
0: And I would add, you know, complaints are, are a, a use an indicator of fear. Also excuses are, Yeah. you know, like whatever excuse we have for something, it's, that's the, that's the smoke screen. Um, because we don't want to have just own the fact that I did that and it didn't work Mm -hmm. and what that would mean for me or about me or mean for the other person. So I need to like generate an excuse which somehow takes the weight, you know, the excuse takes the weight of the responsibility. So, you know, I don't have to, I don't have to like feel the vulnerability of my identity. If I'm just the guy that decided to do that and it didn't work Mm -hmm. or I blew it or I was selfish or I was, you know, blind, I wasn't paying attention on me. Like how much time people spend, how much time people spend generating stories to justify what didn't work.
2: Yeah. there's a, there's a, a chart that we do use in our trainings called reasons or results, right? So if I said I was going to do something and I have 70% of the results of what I said I'd have, there's 30% are going to be reasons why I don't have them. And, you know, I used to, in working with sales teams, sometimes we get in the middle of a sales cycle, we might be behind, and you can hear the reasons coming up. So I just stop everything and just say, okay, let's list the reasons. Let's see how we're gonna be right at the end of this for not having what we wanted. And then we can res and that would help us reset or clear the environment so we could recommit to what we said we're committed to and take action on the on the things we were already creating stories to justify not acting on. Right. And get, yeah. get behind all that.
1: It's like, what's going to be your excuse when this doesn't happen? That's right.
2: Let's just have it right now. They're already here. They're you already, already got them.
1: They're already here. They're coming up.
2: Let's. And boy, I'll tell you, I mean, it's so sobering. I and mean, then all of a sudden people get resourceful, start working. But you got to go through the initial resistance and you got to do it kind of lightheartedly, at least invitationally. And, and then yeah, it's amazing the clearing that can come out of that.
1: Hmm. That's, That's like, interesting. Look, I... It's
2: like looking into the worst case scenario. Same type of thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's the parade of horribles. Right. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, in, in our own minds, I mean, it's like, even I think of the experience of being late for a meeting or something like that, you already have your excuses ready to go. Um, and, and you can, you know, pick from this variety, which one works better than, than the other one and blah, 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 blah.
2: Yeah, exactly.
1: So, so um, Oh, Adrian, what were we going to say?
0: I was, was going to tell a story about Allie, but maybe I won't. Uh, something <laughs> something that just happened this last weekend. Now um, you're
2: going to tell it because just now I want to know what it is. Uh, <laughs>
0: well, it's well, you know, anybody that lives in LA will definitely get this joke. You know, she was somewhere and said she was going to be with me at a certain time, and uh, she texted saying, "Ugh, traffic is bad." And I just said, when did you leave? (laughs) (laughs) And what it revealed is she hadn't even left. She hadn't even left yet. But what, what the conversation she wanted to have was, hey, I don't want to come back and be home because I'm doing this thing. And it's really important. And this if I told the broader story, she was actually being with a friend who's suffering a tragedy right now. But, you know. This isn't like what's wrong with Allie's story. This is like human being story. Like there's a conversation that she would have loved to have believed that she could have with me. And instead of doing that, which is more vulnerable, because she probably assumed she'd let me down. And she already said, you're mad. I know you're mad. I'm like, I'm not mad at all. I wasn't mad at, at all. Like, you know, anyway, there was a commitment she had made that she bailed on. But it made sense. You know, it made sense, but you know, she did what humans do, which is like traffic's bad, therefore, instead of like, no, I actually want to stay and here's why I want to stay and da, 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 But it's more vulnerable to be, to be honest. Yeah. Which I can tell lots of those stories in my own life, but.
1: (laughs) Yeah, me too. We create so many protection mechanisms from these fears and to the point where we don't even notice most of the time that we're engaging this mechanism because it, whatever it worked or you look like you want to say something, something's
2: well yeah just you lit something up in me like if i take myself on like this if i make it a practice to face my own fears to be honest about and get vulnerable to what i'm afraid of i become quite dangerous Mm. because i'm going to hear it in other people and then am i going you know then and and then that that sets people off. That gets them afraid, or they can sense that oh, you're going to ask the question nobody wants to talk about.
1: Yes, yeah. Because you know can that, you that just that's p- where the gold is. Can you just play is. the game, please? That, that's where the
2: gold is. You know, it's like. But but you know that, I always like, and somebody says, "Well, we don't want to be that intense right now. Well, it doesn't have to be intense. We could have a good time doing it. Yeah. <laughs> we can yeah. laugh at ourselves."
1: Yeah, yeah it makes sense. <laughs> So this idea of fearless, so we, you know, thanks for entertaining some of those questions. I want to get to this idea of, of fearless. We, you know, we've talked about, uh, I will I'll say, I think it's impossible to live without fear and nor do I think I want to, um, because the, you know, the fear that I've been willing to incorporate, um, has really been a beautiful gift for me. And so I don't want to fear. I don't want to fear less, like, I, I don't want to live fearless, like no fears. I, I just want to bring them with me and do it anyway. Right. <laughs> so, so to talk a little bit about this idea where we are reclaiming fearless and, and what is, how does that show up for you, Adrian?
0: Yeah. Well, what I was going to say, which I think still fits here is, you know, we love fear. Fear is a phenomenal tool. And we use it to justify all the shit we don't want to do and all the leaps we don't want to take. We use fear to do that. And it's very socially acceptable um, to do so. And so that's why we do it. So it's like, okay, you know, so instead of people like, Oh, I wish I didn't have fear. Well, fear is, you know, in the very beginning, it's like if, if or once I'm not fearful, then blah can happen. That's like the math so many people do. I've done it. I do it all the time. Um, and you can talk about a situation or a person or my own history or whatever, like if and once then I will. And at the end of the day, if you do that long enough, you live with such deep regret. And then you find this out that actually I can have fear and it doesn't have to be the star of the show.
2: Yeah. yeah the question. You know,
0: most people put the, the, uh, the scared, the fearful version of myself as the main actor. Instead of, you know, I've got fear. Yes. What else do I have? I've got lots of other shit. I've got lots of commitment and love and desire and, and purpose and other things. Now, which one am I going to give the microphone?
2: Yeah.
0: Fear naturally has the microphone and then I can decide how long he gets to stay on the mic and I can say, okay, good. I heard you. Thank you very much. Take a seat. Now, purpose, your turn. Now, love, your turn. Now, meaning, your turn. Go ahead. You tell me Also, what, what's also as true in this moment as fear. Fear was really loud and really comedic. But now, let's hear from you. Got and to I can listen. Isn't that so fun? Yeah. I can listen to that and actually give myself to that narrative. And that's where meaning comes from. That's where courage comes from. That's where vitality comes from. That's where being relentless and being perseverant. That's where all the heroic shit, like when we watch the movies and the person's making The choice that you're dying for them to make and it shifts the whole movie. We're into, you know, we're going into act three and the resolution. And, you know, that's that's that moment. And we think of it like, wow, I wish I could be that person. And but actually it's the convictions that person's following that we have the capacity to follow. It just takes some risk to follow it because they're not it's not that they're not scared it's something else just matters more than self-preservation
2: yeah there's a question they're living out of uh, it's more like who or what's going to be in control of what i'm up to am i is my vision or is my fear right and i love your analogy of giving each one the mic because then you can make a very conscious informed decision about who's going to be in control yeah
1: yeah Another visual that I love around fear and taking it with you, not pushing or resisting it, is uh, the idea of like I, I don't know if you guys had this experience, but in high school we had the friend that, uh, for whatever reason, I mean was he was a sweetheart and we kept him around, but God he was annoying, and and you know he's just all these always the guy saying the awkward thing or you know whatever the one that makes us late or the one that gets us in trouble or whatever that thing is. Right. There's always that guy. And that, um, that is like, you would go on a road trip with that guy because he's going to be a good time and, and, and you love him, but you would never let him drive and you would never let him control the radio. (laughs) (laughs) Right on, (laughs) right on. And I love that. I love that visual. It's like, I love that fearful part of me. Uh, well, that, when I'm paying attention, when I'm, you know, on it and and, and really incorporating it. Um, and I want it around. I, I wanted him around. Um, but there's just certain elements of, of control that he doesn't get to, to participate in.
0: Yeah. I love that. I mean, fear in, in that way is like... Um, as I also think about it, it's like fear is like the shadow side of of uh, interest, I guess maybe it might be the right word. Like it's it is the if I don't get what I want story.
2: Yeah, I think of the same, and the shadow side of generosity. right? Yeah, fear causes me to clamp up. And when I could be generous, I could be mm. involved and part of.
0: Right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah.
2: A scarcity think about it scare city
0: uh-huh
2: i'm living in scare city
0: <laughs> you're the I'm mayor tighten
2: up. i'm the mayor yeah. of scare city don't mess with me <laughs>
1: yeah so Agent, when when you say fearless
0: leadership yeah um what do you what do you mean i mean well i was on a podcast yesterday and the guy asked me out of the out of the box he said tell me you know sometimes people like to do this uh, give me the definition of um, which are always my favorite questions but you know this one he's like give me like what's your definition of success and I said in the like, what was it hit me the definition of success is honesty that's what I told him and I went into it for a while kind of exploring the idea it's just the first thing that came to mind Um, And it ended up being true for me after I'd already said it was true for me, that kind of thing. Um, But, you know, what's the definition of success? It's like really being honest. And by that, I mean like being real with being connected to what's really going on for me, um, honoring all that, listening to all that, and then being clear and committed to what I want in the world and whom I want it with and what type of relationships I want and what kind of future I want and what kind of legacy I want. Like, I'm honest. When I say honest, I mean like, encapsulating all that so when i take all that and say what's fearless leadership first off you're not going to lead anything with some fear and if you are leading it without fear you're probably not leading like if you're actually out front you're going to feel vulnerable like you don't get to venture without fear so i think it's the only type of real leadership there is because if I've been doing something for 10 years and I'm kind of bored, I'm just done leading. I'm just now doing. So, you know, fearless leadership is like an authentic exploration of my own personal capacity. And with that will be a ton of concerns, a ton of insecurities, a ton of like I'll know my own. My I'll feel like a fraud. Um I will be, you know, look like a fool because there's gonna be answers that I need that I don't have. I'll have to ask for a bunch of help, and that's gonna generate tons of insecurity. And that's all worth it for the sake of what I say I'm committed to. So I think fearless leadership is the only real leadership there is. Mm.
1: What I heard just, what I, yeah. yeah, what I heard is fearless leadership is being honest about your fears and going yeah way. well just about yes. what, yeah
2: what's there whatever fears all of yeah it, right? whatever
0: yeah all of it
1: then that's
2: right uh, we- yeah i'm
0: thinking about a, i'm thinking about a couple of coaching calls today and you usually i mean owning current reality does most of the work meaning i was talking to this guy he's le- talking to his boss about about his concerns or he wants to talk to his boss about the concerns for the company And there's lots of concerns about what he's making up about his boss and what his boss doesn't want to hear from him. He's got some opinions that he's holding back and kind of resigned about. And he's like, maybe this guy doesn't want my feedback about something. And I'm just inviting him to go own current reality. Next time you say something and it seems like he doesn't want to hear what you're saying, why don't you say, hey, it seems like you don't want my opinion about this. And that's owning current reality. Like, that's like, hey, it just seems, this is what it seems like. And you, the guy's probably going to shift on the other end. He might not even be realizing how he's being in the conversation. He might not even be realizing the vibe that he's putting off. He probably, if he's, I mean, he's got enough, probably, uh, desire to look good. He's going to, like, get the fact that, like, him as a boss ought to be listening. So he's going to shift, at least want to be open. Point being is that, you know, if you. If you're going to own current reality, you're going to actually demystify the context. And all of a sudden, people you can walk through like, a, you know, like a, there's a, a haunted house is really only scared with the lights off. If there's like a really creepy looking clown with the lights off and he comes up close to me without me seeing him, I'm scared. You turn all the lights on. Hey, dude, you look weird. You know, or yeah, I can tell there's not a chain on that chainsaw. I can tell that those whatever in the corner is not real. It's just like when you put language to something, it's the, you know, the the effect, the metaphor effect of like turning the lights on in the room and you can actually see things that, that was previously scary without the clarity of language.
2: Never mind the man behind the curtain. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yes. So. Anyway, that's, that's my most of what we actually want is to walk with our fears because we're either going to walk with our fears or be chained by them. I don't know that there's another option. So we're either going to carry them with us or be t- tied down by them. And we know what the tied down by them feels like. Yeah, um, you know, and people are usually looking for circumstances to change so they don't have that experience. Instead of becoming more courageous, um, and then bringing my circumstances with me, and bringing those those tensions with me. Mm -hmm. So that's great.
1: That's a great place to. That's a great place to wrap this up. I think. Yeah. Um, anything final, Dan, from you?
2: No, man. That nailed it for me.
1: Yeah, me too. Um, so thanks so much for the conversation, guys. I, I do want to mention um, our our limited amount of seats left in the Revenant. Um, there's people jumping in and it's going to be a killer event um, and a, a killer experience in November in LA. And I just don't want people who maybe putting it off for any reason or whatever to miss the opportunity. Um, most likely we don't have another opportunity coming up until spring of 2023. Um, and you don't want to wait. If you're feeling the pull, if you're feeling the call to be there, go do it. Um, we are revenant.com. What yeah. did you want to add? Aiden?
0: Well, I just want to, uh, let me add it to this conversation. So if, if you know that this is an arena that you want to Explore like how do I actually practice courage on a daily basis? Not let my fears be my limitation. Let my fears be my invitation. If Mm. I want to like, if you want to learn how to live like that, uh, which I do, I want to learn how to live like that. I want to keep exploring living like that. Um, And if you need an opportunity to do that, that's really what the Revenant is. It's really we um, we build in. So let me scare you all for a second. We build in a lot of tension into the process where it's going to give you opportunities to like go after something or pull back and no big deal. But we want you to see your tendency to go in or your tendency to come back and help you explore all those assumptions you're making about yourself and other people in life that are currently governing your experience. And we'll give you an opportunity to like practice this. So if this, like if you're listening to this fearless leader, man, I want to, I want, I want, you might say to yourself, I want to learn how to do that. We're actually going to invite you to be that and see how that goes for you. Um, so I think if you if this it, I'm just I'm giving my heartfelt plea here. If this is of interest to you, sign up for Revenant and do it soon. Um, and you'll be scared of it. That'll be great. We're here for you. So we're gonna be in it with you. Trust me. You won't be any more scared than I am at the front of the room.
2: I was gonna say I'm as <laughs> yeah. afraid as anybody else in that room.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that's right. It's fun. We're living on the edge.
1: Uh, Well, join us. November, LA. uh, WeareRevenant.com. The link's in the show description. Thanks, gentlemen. Love you both. Thanks, man. Bye-bye, everybody. Well, my friends, thank you so much for listening to yet another conversation on the Naked Leadership Podcast. Your listenership and commitment to the podcast means the world to us. If this podcast or these conversations has helped or inspired you in any way, would you mind going to Apple Podcasts and leaving a five-star rating and a glowing review? This helps us grow the movement and reach more leaders and teams. Finally, the greatest compliment that you can give us is sharing the podcast with your teams and the other leaders in your life. Until next week, bye-bye, everybody.